Hey guys, welcome back to the show where we discuss the truth, your psychology, what is really going on in between your two ears. Figure it out, make sense of it, make sense of all the seemingly conflicting emotional information that you receive so you can go on to make the decisions you want to make and live the life that you want to live. You know, it's interesting, never before have we known more about dieting and all the different variables that can contribute to whether we gain weight or lose weight. We know more, way more than we've ever known before, yet at the same time, we're really unhealthy. Hmm, I wonder what could be going on there. You know, never before have we, maybe, I don't know if we've learned more about or known more about making money, but never before have, have there been more avenues, more avenues for making money for different people, you know, with different backgrounds, different skills, Never have there been more avenues for doing that, yet, I mean, what percent of the people still live paycheck to paycheck? And I could say, you know, in relationships with friends, I mean, you know, you can, at your fingertips is all the information you will ever need about relationship dynamics, you know, whether with friends or, you know, with a girlfriend or boyfriend, you know, what to do on a first date, what to do on the 10th date. What to do two years in a relationship? What is what even is a relationship? What's the nature of men? What's the nature of women? And there's so much great information about all this out there. Yet, yet there's still an incel issue, or, or maybe, yeah, there's an incel issue and, and a whole bunch of other relationship issues. You know, is the problem information? Do we need more facts, or do we need a way to, in a sense, make sense of those facts? You know, same thing with psychology. We, we, we the amount of information we have about psychology and how it works, and neuroscience, neurobiology. I mean, just the fact that those are two somewhat differentiated fields fields now: neuroscience and neurobiology. Well, there's just so much informa information out there, but can we make sense of it? Can we give it form? You know, can we give it a, a proper format for its expression? Well, that's a completely different issue, and that comes down to how well, you know, you have been able to manage your emotions, how well you can understand your own psychology so you can actually make use of all the great information that's out there. You know, if you want to lose weight, yet at the same time that there is a, a, a very specific payoff, a, a very specific emotional payoff that you receive from eating a lot of Oreos, for instance, I know that's a favorite example around here. Well, it doesn't matter how much information you know or how important that information is or, or how well you can articulate how important that information is and you know how the Oreos damage your body and your brain and you know, it's going to lead to this mortality issue and you're not going to be as mobile, you're not going to enjoy life. It's not going to matter at all if you have a specific emotional payoff for eating Oreos, you know, same thing in, in, in uh, relationships. Uh, yeah, you can read How to Influence Friends and Influence People 50 times, and I think that's part of the promise because of the title of that book that has influenced so much of how we conduct uh, relationships now is you have to win friends and influence people, not, um, I don't know, what, what would be a good alternative title? Just connect, how to connect with people. How to make friends how to make friends and connect with people. Like a friend is some kind of prize. No, you make friends. How do you communicate with people and connect with people in a healthy way? 
Well, anyways, you can know everything about social dynamics, but if you still want to isolate, right? if you still want to hide, ooh, let's go out and meet girls. Yeah, you, you want to meet girls, and I know you do. But a bigger part of you wants to hide. Otherwise, you wouldn't need to psych yourself up to go to meet girls. You know, same thing with, with money, right? I mean, there's if there's just this emotional lack that if you get to a certain amount in your checking account or savings account, it's $10,000, like just a part of you comes up, I need to hurt myself. I need to sabotage this good situation because it's like this place of emotional lack. And until we understand the psychology behind all these things that are ultimately symptoms, whether it's your health, your social relationships, your money, this is all a symptom. Until we understand the cause, right? The psychological issues that give way to these symptoms. Doesn't matter how much information we have, right? We're just gonna be beating our heads against the wall and, and life will seem way more difficult, way more complex and difficult than it already is. It is difficult, but it doesn't need to be as difficult as it is, as it is. and we can make it less difficult by rendering it way more simple. And that's what we can uh, help you with here. Um, you know, speaking of how to win friends and influence people, I got a great question about actors and whether they can be psychologically healthy. So this question is in two parts. Uh, this listener speaks of uh, scenes in which an actor can tap into certain emotions, certain fake emotions for the sake of a performance. Is that healthy? And I guess in general, is acting a healthy profession or can actors be healthy? And I, I think the short answer here is yes, actors can definitely be healthy, but I understand where this question is coming from. Is acting is a psychologically per precarious profession. So an actor can be healthy, yes, but I think the, the act or, or the work that actors, uh, most actors would need to do in order to be healthy. Um, but yeah, the work that they would need to do in order to be healthy, in order to do their profession well and still be healthy, a lot of them um, simply don't do. So, yeah, I, I do think, uh, yeah, actors can be healthy. So, I, I, okay, so let's just do three reasons, like three reasons why actors are, are more likely to be unhealthy. The first one is I think there's this thing called a val validation feedback loop, which a lot of actors get wrapped up into. The second thing is, uh, you know, method acting, I think, is inherently, not inherently unhealthy, but the way that it's practiced is typically unhealthy. And then I think there's just a lot of stress from status. So let's get into it. I mean, the first thing is there's this validation feedback loop that um, I think a lot of actors have. I don't really know a lot, a lot of it. I mean, I've known of actors. I've, I've been somewhat friends with them and they've told me about just the way actors are in general, the way acting schools are, like conservatories, the way those schools are in general, how they operate. And, you know, it just validates everything that I, I kind of believed is actors have this thing where they perform to get validation and they've been doing it for a long time. They've been doing it for such a long time that they don't even know that they're doing it anymore. And so what this what happens is is this leads to a poor sense of self because there's very little uh, interest in what you as the actor wants. It's what do I need to do? How do I need to perform, right? in order to get a certain response, in order to get a certain, you know, validation from other people. And, you know, this can start way back, way back probably when the child is eight, nine, ten years old. They don't have a sense of self. The way they get their sense of self is to perform. And, and they realize that, wait, I 
for whatever reason, maybe temperamentally, emotionally, just the way that you are constituted as somebody who's predisposed to be a good actor, you can get really good responses from people around you, from adults. You know, the kind of reaction you can get from adults is, is a way better reaction, you know, on just a bunch of different imperceptible levels than getting an A on a spelling test. So you will perform to get a certain feedback from people around you, which all children do. You know, all children do to some degree, but I think the way that acting is, right, it's inherently a performance, I, I, right, that just carries over into adulthood. You know, the great example of this is uh, Jim Carrey in that, uh, um, that documentary about how he became Andy Kaufman for that Man on the Moon movie, and people are saying, oh, Jim Carrey's a dick, and I don't think he's a dick, I just don't think he has a sense of self. And so when you don't have a sense of self, it's much easier to, you know, you'll say channel the spirit of Andy Kaufman, you know, channel, channel who he is because you don't have, right, because you've never really done that work necessary for creating a sense of self because you've always just been concerned with whether you get applause, whether you get the right kind of validation from people. And you're just way more inherently tuned in to what other people want than what you want. So you're going to do what other people want. So you don't have a sense of self. Um, and part of that, I think, part of that, what this listener brings up in this question is, you know, tapping into, you know, this was characterized in a really funny way in that movie, uh, Team America, where Gary, the, the actor, right, the reason he could get to such a real place acting is because he thought back at this time when they went to the zoo and his brother was eaten by the gorillas or something, it was such a painful, like, that's, that's where he had to go to emotionally, but I think actors do that, um, and that's probably, it, that, that would tend to be unhealthy, I would say. You know, if, if you do that just to get a, a certain performance out of yourself in the moment and you recognize it's unhealthy, then that's fine. But if you do that on a consistent basis, then that would be traumatic reenactment without processing that trauma. And I think there's stories of, uh, there's that one famous story, you know, some movie from the 80s. I think it might have been The Exorcist where the, the director slapped one of the actresses to get a performance out of her, you know, it's like just to put her in a certain physiological state because that's the state she needed to be in to give a certain performance is the state of, you know, whatever you're in when, when you get slapped, it's some kind of like stress, adrenal response. So he slapped her and he got a good performance out of her for that moment. I think that's fine to do, you know, in very like acute, you know, short term instances, but long term. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just not healthy to to fake emotion, like like it's unhealthy to fake anything. I mean, like, sorry about all my Gen Xer references, but like, like those two Gen X kids in that Simpsons episode of Palooza, when he says, when one of the Gen Xer kids says to the other one, oh, the cannonball guy, he's really cool. And the second one says, are you being sarcastic? And the first one says, I don't even know anymore. Because you can't be sarcastic more than four or five times when you don't even know whether you're being genuine. And so your entire life just becomes this performance to get a certain response from people or to avoid certain responses from people. And I think actors have that, what everybody else has, what we all do, but in, in they, they do it in an, an exaggeration, right? Their life, because of the profession they chose, it's an exaggeration of that, in a sense, attachment disorder. Um, you know, very similar. I, I was actually just uh, watching TikTok, which is a great app. I love it. 
I was watching TikTok, uh, tic, TikTok, a couple of TikTok a couple of weeks ago, and uh, there's this guy giving a performance. Uh, it, it, he was doing an impression. I, I forget what the impression was. It, it was like a, the impression of a girl driving a car, and it was freakishly good. His impression of some girl driving a car, or like. The, the thoughts in some girl's mind like his, him himself doing an impression of a girl it was crazy how good it was just just the accuracy of this impression uh i didn't like it though because i got the sense that this guy was tuned out on opiates and that's why he was able to do the impression so well because he huge sense just had no feeling of who he was he could just become somebody else because he's just not he's a zombie so he can take on you know, just the, the most um, imperceptible affectations of a girl driving a car that most of us wouldn't be able to do because we're more likely to have a sense, you know, we have, we have a, a healthier, stronger ego, a stronger identity. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, there's a whole other point of people who are good at impressions, a little bit strange. Like there's that one guy in Portlandia. I forget his name. He's really funny, and he just makes funny faces, but I just get the sense that he's a, a very strange man. He's so good at impressions. Anyways, the, the second reason why I think actors tend to be unhealthy, or why acting is a more precarious, or, um, more precarious profession for your mental health is, yeah, method acting, which I kind of got into before. I don't know if faking emotions or, you know, doing what Gary does in Team America, going back and looking, looking at traumatic I don't know that much about acting, but you know, method acting, you know, what Daniel Day-Lewis does, uh, when you become the role, right? Like, like I think on the set of Lincoln, like, you know, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, he, he uh, was on the call sheet as Lincoln. You could only call him Mr. President because he had a staying character. Um, this is easier to do. I, I think that the main issue here with actors is that the first thing I brought up is they have this validation feedback loop that really gets ingrained and they just don't know how to be anything else. It just feels normal for them. Like not having a sense of self feels normal, you know, like the fish in the water. Like, like what do you mean? What's water? How do you even, uh, you, you know, like Heath Ledger, another guy who went method for the Joker in the Dark Knight, you know, famously, and he ended up dying because, you know, he was drinking beer and taking Xanax. Look, I don't know if you need to hear this from me, but if you are drinking beer and taking Xanax and you feel better, if you think that makes you feel good, then the amount of stress that you have accumulated that you really don't know how to manage that is like the fish that is like the water. You're the fish and that stress is the water. It's just all around you. You don't even know anything else. The amount of stress that you have is just unbelievable at that point. And that's why we have rehabs. Just remove you from life. Just to just get some semblance of what reality is back into your psyche, you know, you know, some kind of foothold there, some kind of psychological foothold for you, so you can go on and, and build some kind of identity. Um, so I think, yeah, there's this method acting of, of where you just fake being somebody else, and you're more likely to do that when you don't have a sense of self. And we like that, I think. We're all, I don't know. Do we like that? As, I, I don't know if America likes that, but I, I do think um, things like the Academy, like the people who give out the Emmys and the, and the Academy Awards, because it just makes acting look like more of a serious profession. 
you know, so when you go method and you, and you like lose 35 pounds for a roll or gain a bunch of weight for a roll, um, just makes acne seem like a bigger deal than it is. And I, I think acne is important. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not like, uh, so blue collar that I can't see, see the value in it. Uh, but let's, you know, let's not make it more important, uh, than it is. But, but I think that's why we tend to play up these roles or these roles where, you know, actors really go method and get a good performance and they do get a good performance. I mean, it's a very realistic performance. I don't know if that's really what you're going for. I mean, you know, just personally speaking, I like the actors who have a sense of self, who have an ego. Yeah, they can act, but you can still tell it's them doing it like, uh, yeah, I was just watching uh, Batman and Robin, great movie. I mean, it gets a bad rap for being, you know, really campy. But yeah, I think that's the point. It's campy and it's fun. And then, you know, especially with Batman, I guess superhero movies in general, it just got really gritty and uh, had to get all serious. No, it's not. They're just fun. It's for 12-year-olds. It's supposed to be fun. Anyways, George Clooney's playing Batman. And he can't play Batman because he's just George Clooney because he's always himself. I think it's the same thing with, uh, you know, Mark Wahlberg. Another great example of that. Um... Nicholas Cage, right? Another another example of that. Uh, Brad Pitt, I think he's always just kind of Brad Pitt, you know, which is good. I mean, that's who he is. And and of course, famously, to an egregious amount, is William Shatner. William Shatner is always William. He is one of the most effective actors, which I think is, I mean, I like that. Uh, I, I mean, if if you get so far in a role that you can't even be somebody else, is that even acting anymore? I don't know. So. Yeah, part of it is trying to make acting be a, a, a real profession or more serious or more intense or like a, yeah, more important than it really is, which I'm not saying it is important. I mean, that's why we latch on and lionize actors so much is because they're on screen portraying emotions that, you know, we, we never see portrayed from the people closest to us, from the people who we love. Like we don't see our father. Uh, have those emotions, have those kinds of emotional reactions and experiences. And, and so we feel close to them because that's what connection is. It's a sharing of emotional experience. So is it any wonder why people feel closer to somebody, to some famous actor, um, than they do their own father? Well, no, it's, it's not. It uh, it's, makes total sense. Um, so it's right for us to lionize actors to some degree, but, but I think part of our lionization is some kind of cultural sickness that we can't express those emotions on our own. And of course, that's a compensation, right? The less we're able to express those emotions in our own lives with, with relationships that are more important to us, like our family, our friends, our mom and our dad, our children, then the more we need to latch on, you know, whatever face Leonardo, Di Leonardo DiCaprio's making, like, cause, because that becomes some kind of proxy for emotional connection. And that's why we think he's this great guy, because we actually have some kind of relationship with him. When you say it that way, it's kind of sad. I'm not saying acting is not important, but I just think it's, you know, we lionize celebrities now or, or part of our infatuation with celebrities, which in some cultures is way worse, I hear. But our infatuation with celebrities is, is because we lack that. We lack that in our own lives, you know. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a way to be taken seriously. You're more likely to do it when you're in this validation feedback loop and you don't have a sense of self. Um, 
But yeah, I got kind of sidetracked. So that's method acting, which I think, you know, used in certain, you know, specific situations, I think it, it's probably helpful to do if you're an actor, I would imagine. Uh, but overall, if, if that becomes your way of life, I mean, that's more of an indication of, of the validation loop that you're in. Uh, and then the other reason why I think actors tend to be unhealthy is you know, just the stress. The stress from the status. I mean, this listener, her, her question is about screen actors, I think. You know, actors who, you know, get Emmys, get Oscars, like a, a screen actors, award show kind of actors. I mean, these are people who have extremely high status and, you know, status that we can't really comprehend. You know, recently or somewhat recently, the, the fiasco between Will Smith and Chris Rock and, and ju just the way that slap was scrutinized and how Will Smith's personal life was scrutinized because of that. I mean, I think most people, if, if they were subjugated to that level of scrutiny in their personal life, it, it would just turn them inside out. It, it would just be awful. A lot of people wouldn't be able to take it. They would end up killing themselves. That level of scrutiny, just taking apart, you know, frame by frame your face and and what it means and what it means about your relationship. Oh God, I, I mean, that that's awful. And that's a lot of stress. You know, status is great because, you know, status gives you things, but it also takes things away. And or there are some downsides of status. And one of the main downsides is stress. It causes a lot of stress and it's at the foundation of fear of success and fear of failure. You know, we think these are two different things, but ultimately they're just two different symptoms of the same problem and that is fear of exposure, right? I don't want other people to see me. Yes, I want to start a business. I want to start, you know, I'm a lawyer. I'm going to make it and start my own law practice. I want that. But at the same time, I don't want people to see me. I don't want people to criticize me. And if it's like a 51, 49%, you know, ratio between those two drives, you're just going to be stuck. Call it whatever you want, whether it presents as a procrastination, self-sabotaging behavior, uh, just feeling stuck, feeling some kind of existential crisis. It'll present in a bunch of different ways, but ultimately there are parts of yourself that you don't want people to look at and you don't want people to comment on, right? That's so, so you remain stuck, you know, same thing. If, if you want a girlfriend or you want a boyfriend, yes, you, I know you want those things, but if you say you've been wanting those things for the last six months, and nothing's really changed, then I can reasonably say that you would rather remain anonymous. You would rather remain unseen. Yeah, you want to go talk to that girl. Yet at the same time, you don't want her to see you. So what do you do? You just kind of lower your head and walk by her, right? You know, same thing with losing weight, what I was talking about. You know, the same thing with losing weight. I mean, what, what if you lost weight? What if you're overweight and you lost weight? Well, then people will comment on your weight. People will say, oh, you look, you look great. Or, oh, that's awesome that you lost weight. Acknowledging, acknowledging the pain you must have been in in order to get to the place where you had to lose weight because it's, you know, very difficult to do that. You know, we have to get to this place of desperation. To, to make a radical change in our life, like losing a bunch of weight. And you don't want to, you don't want people to see that you may have gotten to that place. So then you don't lose weight. So I guess that, that's just another way of saying um, that that's another 
another reason why actors, especially the actors that we know of, right? Because this listener, she's not talking about the actors at her community theater. She's talking about specifically actors who go up and, you know, get awards. So, you know, the takeaway here is, yeah, this is issues that actors have, but this is issues that we all have. It's just exaggerated in actors. So any problem that an actor has, you know, whether it's a we can look at look at the stress from status issue. We got to look at the the validation feedback loop. Now, not a lot of us have the validation feedback loop enough to get to the place where we lack an identity where we can be like uh, Jim Carrey and you know channel the spirit of Andy Kaufman, so to speak. But we have problems with validation. We have problems shutting down who we are for the sake of getting a certain response from other people or avoiding a certain negative response from other people. You know, very same, uh, sim- it's different, but it's similar, right? Do you want validation or do you want to avoid certain emotional states in other people? Yes, you want to be genuine. Yes, you want to express yourself. But at the same time, when you're with your dad, you don't want him to feel certain emotional states. So you're going to shut down. You're going to shut down. You're going to end up performing. You're going to end up method acting. You're going to end up faking emotions. You're going to end up being like the, the sarcastic Gen Xers in, in Homer Palooza. Are you even being genuine? You don't even know anymore. You've been being disingenuous for such a long time. And it, and it was adaptable for a while. But you've been doing it for such a long time that you don't even know what's real. You even know what you really believe. And so you have an existential crisis and you really want to figure this out. And that's what we can help you with here. Uh, how to really understand how your emotions work. Really understand where your actions come from. So if you are stagnated in a certain area, let's get clear. Let's get unbelievably clear about exactly why that is. Not the symptom. I don't care about the symptoms so much. The symptom's different, but the, the cause is usually pretty similar. Right, that's the joke. We all have a very similar emotional experience. But let's just get un- unbelievably clear about the cause. So clear, we can describe it in a bunch of different ways because it's all around us, right? Like Eskimos and snow. We, we have all these different words. We have all these different terms where you, you latch on to what feels the most real for you. And once you do that, and once you're able to, you know, and it's not a comfortable place to be, right? It's this dark spot in your life, but we got to climb into that. We got to climb into that dark spot for a while, which is a lot easier to do when it's very clear about what it is, when you're clear on what it is. And then that's when the behavior can really start to change and change naturally, right? That's, that's the sweet spot. You just become painfully aware of what's going on, so painfully aware that, that the behavior simply begins to change on its own. You may need to push yourself here and there, but but mostly you can do it on your own. And uh, yeah, so we can help you with here. We do free consultations, animusempire.com slash schedule. Thank you guys for watching or listening. And remember that it's, uh, yeah, it's difficult to be an actor and be healthy, right? It's more difficult. It's more precarious. So, you know, for that reason, it's really healthy for us to look at how we all act in our own way.